You're listening to Your Mental Matters Podcast, the show that provides a safe space and community for our listeners, with your host, Molu. Hey, what's up, y'all? You are listening to Your Mental Matters Podcast. And for those of you watching, thank you for tuning in. I'm your girl, Mo Lu. I'm here today with a very special guest, He-Man Armstrong. He-Man, I want to have you introduce yourself to the people. Um, Who are you, He-Man? Where are you from? What do you do? My name is He-Man Armstrong. I'm 25 years old. I'm a filmmaker from Brooklyn, New York. I've been tackling film since I was in the seventh grade and working to pursue my career in cinema. Um, I have a Caribbean descent. I'm Guyanese. I actually grew up in Guyanese. Guy, him Guyanese. I actually grew up in Guyana for a bit when I was younger. And I came up here. I'm a graduate of Binghamton University. Got my BA in cinema as well. And I have an associate's in digital filmmaking, which a lot of people don't know. Um, And I minored in psych. So when people would try to say, oh, how comes you got into mental health? I was always into mental health, but then my personal life experience made me want to focus on it more. And um, yeah, he meant, um, thank you for, you know, um, thank you accept- for having yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, thank you for accepting, you know, the request. Um, I reached out to you because we have a mutual friend that, you know, said like, yo, I think he would be dope for the podcast. Shout out to JB. Uh, and yeah, I think, um, yeah, it just, for me, I love what you're doing. Like, I think after, you know, um, I found your social media, I kind of was just like, yo, like, this is fire. Like, I don't feel like I know a lot of men who are doing what you're doing. And so for me, like, I was definitely like, I want to hear about it. I want to talk to you. I want to find out like, what's the inspiration behind like being a mental health advocate and you doing what you do. Um, So I appreciate you for being here. And yeah, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Okay. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, I mean, a part of, you know, the podcast, um, I have a segment. It's just a mental health check-in um, just to find out, like, how are you doing currently right now? How's your mental health? The truth. <laughs> the truth. The truth. The truth. <laughs> uh, I'm stressed. I am not going to lie. I'm stressed. I've been stressed for the last six months. And it's not really good to be stressed at this young age. Um, But if I'm being transparent, I'm stressed out. And it's because I'm working on a project, um, a mental health project at that. So it is mentally draining when you're working on mental health content because you have to really put in your emotions into your craft. Well, I put in my emotions into my craft. So literally it it pulls, suck me dry. <laughs> but it's just like, I'm okay, but... I'm stressed out, <laughs> but I, I think by the time in the next two months, I'll be fine. But I, that's, that's exactly where I'm at right now. What about you? Yeah, no, I appreciate you for, for sharing that. Um, I love the honesty all day. Um, I think for me, I'm also very overwhelmed. I've been like for the past, I'm not even gonna lie. Maybe for the past two weeks, I've been so overwhelmed um, with just life. Um, I was, you know, talking about it with you a little bit before but for those of you guys you guys who have been listening you guys know like I'm in my master's program um to become a mental health counselor um and so that has been very overwhelming just being in school being a student period like there's just a lot that you have to juggle um and yeah also you know like my social life I can't even lie like I've gone through a lot of ups and downs I feel like since COVID it's weird right because like 
2020 COVID had us in the house, but I feel like a lot of like people's relationships and like social interactions were challenged at the same time. And so I feel like I've dealt with just a lot of challenges with just relationships, friendships. And I, I feel like it has taken a, it's taken a toll on me, like emotionally. Right. And like, you know, when I'm emotionally. I don't know if it took a toll on me emotionally, but it did take a toll on me for a bit. I I was just fed up. Yeah, Yeah, you know, like you just get to a point where, I mean, I'm an emotional person, right? But I feel like um, you you wouldn't really know that like I'm going through it or feeling things emotionally until I get to like my breaking, like you said, like until you get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm fed up. So I feel like recently I've just gotten to a place where I just started to to feel burnt out. And um, I was just like, you know what? (laughs) you know what i'm gonna just maximize on self-care so that's what i you know when i when my mental health feels like it's kind of like out of whack because like you know your emotions can affect you mentally as well like everything's kind of connected so if i'm feeling kind of like depleted emotionally then like mentally i'll start to feel off and so i've just been maximizing on self-care so i like you know going to get massages doing fun things to kind of like take the pressure off of life (laughs) every time you feel a little little stressed out you go get massages take me with you i I can't lie yes i will he man i got you after this i'm giving you the info because please Every time I feel stressed, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get a massage. Yeah. I have to. I will at least, I incorporate that. I try to do it like once a month. So it's like, okay, if I can't go every two weeks or every week, then I'm going to try to do like at least, you know, once a month because it helps. No lie. It helps. It helps. Last time I got a massage was my birthday. Okay. That was my birthday is in February. Pisces game. Okay. Yeah. That's the last time I got a massage. Self-care. I be trying to do that every Sunday, but like I said, my mind be all over the place. I can't like sit still right now. What do you do for self-care? You know, you know what sounds, it's going to sound hella weird. Um, wash dishes. Mm. Uh, I don't know what happens when I wash dishes, but I can't wash dishes and be listening to music or talking to someone on the phone or talking to someone that's present with me. Like I got to wash dishes just by myself just there. And the thing is that if I'm not by myself, relaxing washing dishes i hate washing dishes like mm. if someone's on the phone i don't want to wash dishes if someone's in a house i don't want to wash dishes alone i like to wash dishes it makes my my thoughts flow there and in the shower but self-care that is it sounds weird but washing dishes because yeah, it helps my mind recenter a lot um other than that i don't do nothing because the thing is that and i'm gonna be honest people would say do things that you like for self-care i love film and i would do that for self-care but then again that's a job right so it's not really self-care to me that's more of a mental strain because i have to have so much focus and dedication to my art so that's not self-care and other people would be like well grooming yourself i mean you know, i think you should be grooming yourself consistently right. Yeah, that shouldn't be like a self-care thing it should be that should be a health thing like you mm-hmm. should be yourself consistently um people say hang out with your friends go to the parks and whatever that's cool but that doesn't really fulfill me so i like okay. to watch dishes and it don't have to be like so you just do massages as of right now i can't lie to you that's been the main thing that's been keeping me afloat over the past like month i can't lie like doing the massages regularly and consistently has been it so i mean and at one point that wasn't it it was like sleep i would just sleep and then when i would wake up i would feel more refreshed so it depends like really i feel like it could be unique to you like you were saying washing dishes you know to some people that might not be then you know necessarily like common but they don't have to be common as long as it works not washing clothes though i can't (laughs) clothes no i love washing clothes what 
you got a washing dryer in your crib? I have one, but it's broken. It's broken. So now but I you go, go out. out. I go out. Enjoy that. Negative. I don't like. I don't like like outside. We got you. Outside. So to be interacting with strangers in a laundromat and got to be in the same circumference as them, not my type of party. <laughs> Especially during COVID. That was not my type of party. Yeah. No, nah, I feel you. I feel you on that completely. All right. So we got the mental health check-in. All right. Let's get into it. Right. I have I have a few questions for you. Um, as a black man, and before we get into that, this episode I wanted to dedicate to being that you are a black man, right? I wanted to dedicate this episode. And we've had a couple of black men on previous episodes, but um, you know, I always like to make it a point that this is like important to me, to, to this space, um, having a black man be able to share openly about his experience in the world, about his mental health. And so, yeah, this is kind of what this episode is dedicated towards just kind of getting to know you and you know, how it's been for you in this world in your experience. So yeah, we're going to get into the questions. The first one that I have for you is as a black man from New York, how difficult have you have you found it um, to be able to express your feelings growing up? Emphasize from New York because people don't understand the jungle. <laughs> like, right. New York is a jungle. As soon as they see that you're quote unquote weak, they would eat you alive. Mm. And that was the thing growing up. Um, I was raised in a household with both of my parents and um i'm the only child so they they was very tender with me um so when it was time for me to step outside to the outside world <laughs> and go to school and stuff i was just a tender person all around and i got torn apart for that i got called all types of names out of my name all that yo it was crazy because they deemed me as soft because i was more so kind i mean i can't say i was soft i was just more loving i, sh- I knew how to show love because that's what my parents showed me growing up other than the pressure of me going to school because that's a lot of stuff that I, that's like one of the main stuff i dealt with with my parents that conflicted with my mental health as i got older the pressure of being in school but they grew me up with love so when i would go outside and try to show this love that i know from home i was deemed as yo what the f is this this boy like what is it what is he <laughs> like what is he talking about oh, why is he acting like that um so that was difficult and then the thing is that my cousins and family, they was also grown up different than me. They didn't grow up with as much comfort. So they used to say the same thing everybody else used to say. Like, oh, what's wrong with him? Like, he mad, so if he this, he that. Mm. Um, so I struggled with that as well. But that was my personal struggles growing up. But that didn't change. I still be sharing out love. <laughs> I love that. And I guess what are, I mean, if you could get more specific, like what are ways that you tried to show love or express love when you went outside that people were like resistant to? Like, what would you, what what would you say? Or what would you do that people were like? Mm. I would genuinely try to know how they're feeling or what they did yesterday or what they, cause you know, when you're young, you're trying to have conversations like, Hey, what you did yesterday? Was it fun? Did you enjoy that with your family? That's cool. And everybody was like, weird. Like, why is he even asking me to? Because you got to remember, you from, I'm from Brooklyn at that. So they might be like, he's weird. Why is he trying to know my? (laughs) <laughs> like that's just weird stuff um but that's just how i was i just mm-hmm. wanted to know what the other person was going through um but i was always ridiculed and bullied which was mm-hmm. so strange because for that and which suck is i used to get bullied a lot about it 
for being so quote unquote soft. When I got to high school, I tried to change my whole demeanor. High school, I was not myself. Like I came into high school cocky, you know, full of myself. Don't want to talk to nobody, violating people because they're not like me or can't dress like me. Like I, I, I gained this arrogance that was just terrible. And then it followed me onto college. And that was, I think that came from me trying to cover up my sensitive side. And then in college, after I got sick, <laughs> um, dealing with mental health, that's when I started to revert back to the childhood me. So it took me being hospitalized to revert back to the childhood me because I haven't been me since ninth grade. Mm. Yeah, everything changed. Can you talk about that some more? So like ninth grade, you said you wasn't yourself since ninth grade. So yeah. was there something significant that happened around that time that caused the shift or did you just notice the shift and not sure like what caused it per se? The thing was that I noticed people were like judging me and didn't know me. Um, so ninth grade, I went to a school so, so far away from my middle school. I went to school in um, my middle school close to where I live. And then I went to high school all the way deep in Coney Island. Like I had to take the train ride an hour and a half, almost an hour and a half. I think it's an hour and 20 minutes from my house in order to get to school because I didn't want what used to be in middle school to travel with me into high school. Mm -hmm. But then in high school, sometimes it would peek through because, you know, I had I was trying to change my ways and then people will still say I'm soft and stuff in high school. Some people, um, but it wasn't as harsh as it was in middle school and elementary school. So it's like I try to escape from it. And then when I felt there was like lingering a little bit in high school, I tried to find a college that nobody knew me at. It just start fresh. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just how it was. I felt like I was always just running from myself um, because I'm just a tender, emotional person to begin with. But I didn't want to show that. So that's what made that's that was the change. It was more so I knew that that was an issue. Well, it wasn't an issue, but I knew that that was what was causing me to feel a certain way because mm -hmm. it was a judgment of me. So I used to run away from things and I try to change my demeanor in high school like I'm like all right this will happen in middle school let me change my ways maybe they're not gonna say those stuff about me in high school and gotcha. times moments I can't help it because that's just me mm -hmm. and then they're just like wait what the hell like yo stop being so soft stop being this stop being that got judged for it and I'm, I'm just a nice person it could be misconstrued a lot yeah mm -hmm. For sure. People don't be knowing how to handle niceness because especially like using New York, because I think New York is a very unique experience. If you're not from here, you may not get it. So I what you're saying, I completely know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> New York is grimy. Exactly. The entire New York is grimy. Exactly. Exactly. People from New York. I mean, some people, they've, they, they've had to endure hard experiences from young ages so like when people come with genuine pure niceness and love because their experience was different um people re don't really know how to handle that so i think like yeah i i yeah and i appreciate you for sharing that too because um i'm sure at the time you know like it was difficult um to deal with and i know you mentioned um when you got to college um you, you know your college you got sick while in college can you talk about that like yeah, that was the first this is the first time i ever told that timeline like nobody really asked me a question like that before and I did a few interviews, but nobody ever asked me that question in terms of the timeline from when things shifted. Mm -hmm. But that's the first time I ever discussed that. Hmm, should I have said something? Let me stop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is uh, a safe space. 
You good. Uh, when it happened on my junior year, uh, I could get really in depth with it, or you just want me to touch the surface with it? No, for sure. Get in depth. Like, you know, I'm here. We got time, but you know. All right. So actually, I was actually talking to someone yesterday or the day before, I can't remember. And they had asked me about what happened when in my junior year, like because I dropped my campaign video for my film. And I was talking about um actually before I went into the hospital. No, I remember who it was. I don't remember who it was. But after actually before I went into the hospital, I used to, I was feeling sick prior. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Like my whole body would get numb. Like, I remember this was around Halloween 2016. And I wasn't gonna go out to Halloween. Um, you know how it is in college when it comes down to Halloween weekend. And I wasn't gonna go out. And then my friends was like, nah, like you gotta go out gotta go out this is this halloween gonna be lit and i just didn't feel right i felt very sick my body felt very odd but i still went and i tried to drink on top of it so i was really struggling from before and i knew i was stressed out about school and i know i was stressed out about home issues i know i was stressed out about a lot I, I don't know if that was the reason why my body was feeling like that but then after that day it was just downhill I started to smoke a lot more, drink a lot more. Like, it's crazy because talking about this right now, I actually feel the feeling. Like, it's getting hard to talk. I'm not going to lie. But it's like, I feel the same feeling from back then. Um, That's probably sometimes I get annoyed or like over it when I always had to mention that. Like, yo, I went through this in 2016. Because this is like my body automatically like starts to feel what I used to feel. And I don't, I don't know. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Then after I had got sick in november i went in because they said i was smoking weed and i tripped out and that's what the reason was and i was in a hospital for some time who said that who, who's they the doctors doctors or? yeah like, oh you were smoking weed <laughs> you know you're a college student and then you smoke you're smoking weed you're alert to the you're allergic to the strand i'm like what the yeah, I've been smoking weed for a hot minute now. What are you talking about? I'm allergic to this thing. <laughs> so they blamed it on that. And I don't think my mom knew I smoked yet. Um, I think she kind of had a clue, but I don't think she knew. And then when the hospital, she was like, call the hospital because I'm in college. She was like, call the hospital. Let me talk to them on the phone. Because the hospital used to call me to check up on me after I left. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my mom want to speak to you. And then it was like, do you know why he came in? Like, he came in and he had marijuana in his system. My mother was like, marijuana who? I, I was like, mommy <laughs> weed, mommy weed. Like trying to like shut the doctor up. I'm like, damn, you a snitch. <laughs> and then the doctor and my mother was like, uh-huh, okay. So the, the, the doctors hung up. My mother automatically blamed it on the weed too. Like she didn't want to believe me in terms of how I was feeling mentally. She was like, it's because you smoking. He did this. You messing up yourself. You're not focusing in school. Mind you, I had a 3.4 GPA at the time. So I'm confused what she was talking about. But um, she was like, you messing and up. And at Binghamton, that's great because I know Binghamton is academically is rigorous. Yeah. That's a rigorous school. She just said that because I dropped from a 3.7 to a 3.4. Okay. She's dramatic. But um she she was saying she was blaming it on that. And then after when she realized it was an issue, I started to get panic attacks and I couldn't sleep in um I couldn't sleep. If the room wasn't 20 degrees, I couldn't go to sleep in it. Mm. Burn up. It was so weird. I will burn up and I will sweat like cold sweat and burn up. My body would be on fire. Like the room needed to be 20 degrees. Um, and I couldn't sleep alone. Like literally, I had to go to my friend crib and sleep in his bedroom. And you know how small them dorm bedrooms are if you have a single. I used to sleep on the floor and he's like, we're not cool no more, but I respect him so much still, and I will always remember that. Um 
he used to go through to be in the cold room, 20 degrees with me so I could feel good. Wow. Because I was just so afraid of everything. And I would wake up in the middle, of, I would have vivid dreams, like vivid nightmares. Mm. It was so, so, it felt so real. It was crazy. But then that was the start of everything. And then after it just kept on going downhill, downhill, I started getting worse. I started dropping weight. I started, I couldn't function. I started crying out of nowhere for no reason. Mm-hmm. And then my mother just couldn't take it. And that's when she took me to a psychiatrist because she mm-hmm. was, right, these doctors are saying as we, but I think it's more than that. And when I went, they diagnosed me and then tried to like um, put me on medications. And my parents are Caribbean. They was like, hell to the no, you will be drinking herbal tea mm-hmm. <laughs> and you will be working out and going to the gym and doing stuff along those lines in order to get yourself better. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm being transparent, I haven't gotten better until recently. It took that long. That happened in 2016. How many years is that? 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. I'm about to be five years. Uh, And I just recently got better. And I always think that, and before I used to thought I was getting better, like, oh, I'm better now, I'm better now, I'm better now. And it revert right back to this like downward spiral. But um, now I know that I'm better. Like I could feel it. It's it's, it's a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, The way I think, the way I process stuff, the way I believe in myself, like I definitely got better. Long story, but yeah. No, I appreciate you for sharing. And I'm I'm happy to hear that you're better. Um, I think, and I wanted to ask you too, what was the diagnosis? I know you said they diagnosed you and was trying to put you on medications. What was the diagnosis exactly? Chronic depression and severe anxiety attacks. Okay. So like it wasn't regular borderline depression or regular, it was chronic depression. I was so depressed. It was like, I was dropping weight. You can see it in my face. Like mm. when I'm outside, like I got bags underneath my eyes. Like I haven't slept. Mind you, I slept, but I just didn't sleep throughout the night. I just looked, my my skin was just, it's just, look, it was bad. It was taking a physical toll on me. Mm-hmm. And severe anxiety attacks. The only thing that can calm me was the song Girl by the internet. That's mm. the song that used to calm me. That and lavender. If I, I had to have a cloth with lavender oil and I had to sniff it the whole entire night until I fall asleep. If I did not do that, anxiety through the roof. So um, severe anxiety attacks, I used to catch anxiety attacks like four or five times a day mm-hmm. rapidly. So that's why they diagnosed me with severe anxiety attacks. Okay. Um. Well, yeah, once again, thank you for sharing that. And I think, um, you know, just hearing, you know, the Caribbean aspect too, because I'm Caribbean as well. So I understand just, you know, just the stigma, period, right? That comes with being, you got being Black, being a man, and being Caribbean, you know, like it's- That mixture is, yikes! (laughs) Right, right. Because being, you know, a Black Caribbean woman, I understand that it can be hard to even feel like you can voice it and be like, no, something's going on with me mentally. Like, I haven't been feeling good because, you know, like, it's it's taboo. I mean, you know, in third world countries, it's still kind of, the stigma still exists and it's still a little bit taboo. I mean, in America, you know, once Caribbean people come to America, they can assimilate and adapt but it still sometimes takes a while. So I'm glad that your parents were able to say, okay, or your, your mom was able to say like, okay, let me take you. Um, even though it took a little bit of time and you were able My dad to- was there too. Let me not give him credit. He was there too. Okay, he good. Just, he's just a quiet person. He doesn't say much. Like he just like, he's just there. My mother's the loud mouth. That's why they, they 
So right there, like mm-hmm. there. I'm not lie. Yeah, I'm glad they were able to, you know, come through for you and you know get you the help that you needed. Um, and you, it sounded, it sounds like you advocated for yourself too. Like even though you were sick, you were able to see like, no, like I'm going through it mentally. That's what's going on. And then they were able to, you know, be like, okay. Like, let me look into this for real. So I think like, that's just a dope, even though you were struggling at the time, it's a dope story to hear because there's some men that would suffer in silence and just continue to keep on feeling how they were feeling and keep drinking, keep doing whatever until- I'm coming from though, honestly speaking, because when I first felt how I was feeling, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't, like I knew something was wrong with me mentally, but mental health um, mental health didn't come to my head, like anxiety and depression didn't come to, you know what came to my head as a Caribbean, uh, a Caribbean child growing up? Mm. Voodoo, black magic, that came to my head. I'm like, oh my God, did somebody put something on me? Like, why am mm. I like this? That's the, and it's crazy. That's the first thing that ran to my head. Like, yo, did somebody put something on me? Like, why am I feeling like this? Like, what did I do? Like, why would somebody be so wicked? That's what I was running through my head. That was running through my head. So that's, the, I think that was the growing up Caribbean. That's what kicked into me. And, but I just knew that it's a mental problem I was having, but I wasn't sure that it was only me. I thought it was other forces. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't mm-hmm. think I ever told her that, honestly speaking. No, I think I did. I did. I did. I told a few people that. I told a few people that. Yeah. I never told a few people that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's real. And I think that's, you know, that's probably something that is more common than we know, right? That people of our ethnic group um, and background think. Because I know for me, I've shared on previous episodes that I, um, you know, have anxiety as well. Um, I have gone to therapy for it and I've, um, you know, I went through my own journey with that. I was having, um, anxiety attacks. Um, initially that's what prompted me to go to therapy initially because I was having anxiety attacks. Like I just felt like it progressively was getting worse. And so I was like, okay, let me get like a rain on it before, you know, I don't have any control at all. But I was under the impression that it was like something physical going on. I thought like maybe something was wrong with my lungs because what would happen with anxiety attacks and panic attacks can manifest. It could almost feel like physical, like you're having a heart attack where you can't breathe or whatever. So me, I I was under the impression that I something was wrong with my lungs or it was like a respiratory something that was going on. Um, and I didn't think, even though I was in the field of mental health, I did not think that I could possibly be dealing with it. And I feel like partially that's because of my upbringing. That's because of yeah. stigma, right? That's because of stigma. So I think like, for sure, it's not, it's not uncommon. Um, and I think like, this is what people need to hear. These are the the real transparent conversations people need to hear, especially people of color, because, um, you know, we be trying to, you know, go around it the most and be like, nah, that's not what it is. Nah, that's not what it is. Just go out, go have some fun. <laughs> that's not what it is. <laughs> Shots on me. <laughs> period, period, okay? And so, um, nah, I think that, the, the story that you shared is dope. And I'm happy to hear that you are better. Like, even though it took time, it took almost five years, like to, for you to feel it. I'm like, I'm happy to hear that. I'm clapping for you. And, um, yeah. And what do you feel like has gotten you to the point, to, to this point? Like, cause you didn't, you didn't take the medication, right? That they were. So were you, what were you doing to better yourself? 
won't be honest. Nothing. Nothing? I'm being honest. No, nothing. I was doing nothing. Um, Were you doing the working out? Were you doing the drinking the teas like your parents um suggested? I mean, if you want to, if you want to look at that as something that helped me, I think that's something people should, like I was saying earlier, those are things that you should be implementing with your life. Like you should be taking herbs and your vitamins and working out. Those are things that you should be doing that we don't do, that we need to normalize to do that. That is actual normal things that you should be doing. So that from the standpoint of doing stuff that isn't really quote unquote normal to do um i was doing nothing it like literally it took time it took time to realize that i was what i was going through took time to reflect on what i was going through to feel how i feel and be one with how i feel and then take the initiative to like you know accept everything and then move forward so it just took time Mm -hmm. that's maybe other remedies could help for other people and it could be faster but that it was a growing experience for me personally so i didn't mind that it took so long because i learned so much about myself in that time so yeah time like it's just i had to run it i had to let it run its course like it's Mm -hmm. still there i still get like anxiety attacks sometimes um when I get really anxious, I don't get anxiety attacks. I get very anxious. Mm-hmm. I get sporadic feelings of depression. I don't even call it depression no more. I just call it downtime. Like I'll feel a little down for a day or two, and then I'll get up and I'll be fine. Um, but before it was so consistent, I would feel depressed for like weeks straight. So yeah. I don't call it depression. I just have sporadic downtimes and then I get anxious now. That's what I say now. So it's not fully gone. I just get downtimes and then I be anxious sometimes. For but sure. It, um, for sure. And I think the language is important as well because people put these titles on themselves and then it's almost as if like they're stuck with it for life. So I feel like you saying like, yeah, I get anxious sometimes or yeah, sometimes, you know, I have yeah. downtime. It kind of puts the power in your hands and it's like, nah, like depression don't got you. You got depression. Like you, you, right. And I feel like language is important because, and that's, what'd you say? I said very important, very important. Yeah. And I feel like that's also part of sometimes the stigma because people don't want to feel like they're labeled with something. Um, I think the language is, is important. And I think a, another question that came up for me as you were talking was, um, what do you think it is that caused you to become depressed? And what was what, what was causing the anxiety? School. Okay. The pressure that my parents put on me with school. Yeah, it was school. Um, I think it's nothing else but school. Okay. I always felt like anything that I do, I got to graduate. Like I literally cried because my advisor was like, you may not graduate on time. I didn't want to hear that. And I tried everything possible so I could graduate on time. I think it was the pressure of school since I was young. Okay. So I think um, when it comes, what I know, not even think, I know it was school. Mm-hmm. As I left school, it was a shift. I had got worse for a second because I fell into post-grad depression. But after post-grad depression was over, which took the half of 2018 that I graduated, took the entire 2019, and then 2020 was COVID. <laughs> so um, yeah. that, that post-grad depression last um, was, a, was a year and a half for me. But that's, that's still in correlation in relations to school. So definitely school. For sure. For sure. And I think something that made me think of too, like just my experience, like when I was having anxiety attacks too, this happened like towards the end of my time in undergrad as well. Um, and I think it was... For me, like I talked about this in previous episodes, like it was just the thought of just being unsure of like the future. Like, okay, like I've had this structure for all this time from grade school, pre-K, kindergarten, now K through 12, then 
college is structured. So now it's like, now it's like, go out into the world and make something of yourself. Um, That never stopped. Like, yeah, we graduated from, from school, but then only thing that you're replacing school with now is work. Like, it literally is the same structure. It's now, instead of school, come home, sleep, repeat, is work, come home, sleep, repeat. The structure never left. The things that we say in the structure, we still have that structure. It never changed. What changed mm-hmm. was, it comes first. Instead of school coming first is now work coming first um and only thing i can attest to is that that downtime between finding work and that that school that that middle section of things that's when you could say okay cool that's when you fall into post-grad depression because you have not yet picked up a job yet and your life was school the entire time so mm-hmm. i don't like to hold on to the whole oh i don't have a structure anymore i have a structure mm-hmm. just that downtime is um downtime before between school and finding a job that's where a lot of the depression comes into play and you feel like oh i have no structure but as soon as you get a job or you pick up something that you love the structure starts back structure for yourself we have to let go of things that we're so used to and try to say this is why we're moving this way or this is why we operate this way and this is why this happens to us like yeah go ahead my fault yeah no absolutely it's a thought it's a it's the thought process that's what it is it's like because there's some people who don't experience like anxiety after they graduate or there's some people who don't experience post-grad depression because their mindset or the way that they are thinking about it or looking at it is different so I think like um you know I feel like we kind of have some similarities in that I'm Caribbean um I felt like there was a lot of pressure on me I took that on not to say my mom was pressuring me and was down on me about like make sure you finish but I felt like I wanted to finish college um and make my family proud, right? So that pressure is on my back and then now feeling like, okay, like, am I going to find a job now? Am I going to be successful? There are these, and it's a, it's a transition period. I like to call it that. Going from college to like young adulthood being a working person in the world is a big transition and so with transition any transition whether that's you moving whether that's you having a family having a kid whether yeah. that's whatever like any transition any big transition will breed you know certain feelings of stress, anxiety, uncertainty. Um, Really, it's just about like managing it and being able to, you know, talk through it um, and have support. Yeah, and once you have support and then you finally commit yourself, damn, y'all all see my address. (laughs) <laughs> yes y'all go pull up on him <laughs> go pull up on him he in brooklyn <laughs> go pull up on him man negative but um they over here nice and sunny over there though it look nice and sunny it is they throw my package and it says fragile on it like that's disrespect. Come on now. I could have broke my crystals. Mm. Yeah, I'm into crystals. Oh, okay. It keeps me calm. We could talk about that too. Um, Like I'm listening to you and I'm like, it's making me reflect. Yeah, what you thinking? I don't think school for school is strictly for partying. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, dead. I'm not partying. <laughs> no, I think school. The parties be, they, yeah, you learn how to party in school though. I learned that after. But. <laughs> okay. i think school is for just experience you paying for the experience you paying to learn about yourself you're paying for the connections you're not paying for the real world in terms of how to um yeah uh adapt to what's going on or find a job you're not paying for that you're not even paying for the education 
half of the shit. Oh, I'm not even sure. It's my fault. Half of the thing that um we learn in school, we don't even use in real life. So school is for the experience. Okay. School, you better say it again for the people. All that we went through and all the friendships and we realized who is who and what people. School, that's one thing school took us about the real world, though. Who people are. School taught us, if anything, school taught us about the real world, who people are and who people you will be encountering in the workforce and in and, and real life relationships because a lot of school relationships we I was gonna say I was gonna ask you that as you were saying that um how many how many um college friends do you still have damn why are you being so mixy <laughs> my bad damn my bad all right let me separate them hold on hold on hold on hold on no on. just tell me the number if if I you yeah I can't that's problematic that's problematic that's Ooh. problematic okay okay and okay people saying that's problematic is because I have if we look at the larger picture I have friends that I can't even count on my fingers okay so that's good looking at the larger picture because I'm so cool with so much people because I'm 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 not a negative Nancy like I like to be around good energy and stuff okay great people that I'm close to from college can I include high school <laughs> not legit I was just asking with college because I feel like I wish I would have made more friends in college um because like now like I'm very like independent and like solo dolo like I have people that I'm cool with I have like my circle which is like this small and so like you know I'm I wish I would have you know in a way made more of my college experience by being more out there and being more open to I got 10 10 solid friends 10 solid. And that's, that's amazing. That's beautiful. That's like, amazing. Close, 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 solid friends that I know that's not going nowhere. They communicate with me at least every week. 10 solid friends. Like those are solid. They're not going nowhere. They know that's that's the cool. end way up. But, um, they was actually at my birthday dinner. I had 10 friends at my birthday dinner, five boys, five girls. And then Yo. I think, no, no, I had actually it's 10 solid friends that I speak to consistently. I'm lying. It's a little bit more than that. But I had at my birthday dinner, I had 10 solid people that I'm close to. Um, mm. I didn't plan it. My best friend did, but he invited the 10 people. He, the 10 people he knew about, because I speak to about them often and he has, a, he has connections with them. Right. But I did not have other people that I'm close to as well, but they're not like my, I call those 10 people my best friends like it sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but i got like 10 best friends <laughs> but, wow um, that's beautiful yeah. though that's beautiful i feel like that's that's something that even as we're talking about mental health when you have a support system when you have solid individuals in your life do you feel like you can go to them if you were going through hardships with your mental health nah. no <laughs> no so who do you, who do you go when you are going through something in regards to your mental health? Do you go to anyone? Do you talk to anybody? Do you confide in anybody? Yeah. And who my, would you? Who? My mommy, my mother. Of course, that's beautiful. I'm the boy, I'm the only child. My mother. Sometimes she don't be getting it, which I understand. But um, my mother, that's it. Um, my best friend, the four year, my main best friend, but he is busy now. Like he got. His life, he works in a hospital, so ain't no way I could call him telling him about how I'm feeling. Um, and he gets off of work at one one a.m. Not having it, so I go to my mother and tell her stuff. So. Dope. And a question that another question: What is one way that you feel like black women can help black men or hold space for black men, um, in regards to them being vulnerable or being um allowing black men to be open and expressive about their mental health that's a tricky question no nah, it's not tricky just honest what, what do you think i just want to know your honest thoughts this, 
this is a tricky this is a tricky question <laughs> so you said it's a tricky question because that's problematic that's how that's how you get framed it's not problematic i think that's something that is. as a black as a black woman i know black women want to know because i think for a while there has been like you know this like miscommunication or friction at times not always not always not always we stop no. right not, there right not there. always but there are times where i feel like black women and black men do not understand each other and that's where you know specifically though right now because this is a mental health podcast in regards to what we're talking about mental health has to do with emotions it has to do with feelings it has to do with thought processes right so like how how can you know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna tell you the truth, and my fellas probably gonna be like, "Yo, what the bro?" <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the truth. We hate to feel inferior to the woman. That's straight up the truth. And the thing with that is, a lot of men. I'm not gonna say all men. A lot of men hate to feel inferior to the woman. We don't want to be deemed as weak because we are the man. That's what society made us think, you know. So a lot of women also thinks that way too. Like y'all can say, "Nah." I'm all here for men opening up and expressing their emotions. But then a lot of women are, are also in that traditional ways of thinking as well. It also thinks how the vast um, society thinks as well. Like, oh, a God needs to be this. And he needs to be a man. He, he needs to be... Women still think like that. And it, it gets me tight. Like when we speak about stuff like that and then us men, black men get bashed. Like, oh, that's how y'all think. That's why this, that's why that. And, and just drag us through the mud. Like that's not the case. We want to open up to you guys, but we don't want to feel inferior because you you made us feel that way. I'm not trying to blame women, but I'm just saying something like certain conversation, like society made us feel that way. Um, women for years, years ago made us feel that way. So you know how we talk about slavery and stuff like that. And when stuff happens today, we still feel that way. That that same context is how it was years ago. Like we, as men, had to feel like we are in charge or we are the head of the household. We are the breadwinners. Like we've always had to. So that's like, I don't know how to say it, like trauma in a way, like the way that we think because the way things used to be. And I'm not saying that it's a good thing. Things like that needs to change. But there's also women that's also caught up in that, like thinking, yeah, the guy needs to be doing this. The guy needs to be doing that. And that's what society made us feel. So when black women, I can't even say black women in general come to us and say, hey, we want to be there for you. It's just like, uh, thanks. Um, it's hard to open up to you because then I'm gonna feel inferior to you because that's what society made me feel like for years. So it's it's gonna take some time. Like that's why I said that that topic is very problematic. Um, and I mm-hmm. always think that's problematic. I be seeing people on Twitter talking about it like that, and it just be a, a, a whole bunch of bull, honestly speaking. But people need to understand. Women need to understand. Not only black women, all women need to understand. Things used to be a certain way back in the days mm-hmm. and the same way how we feel the way about certain things that happened to us years ago that's the same thing that we will feel about this specific topic and how i will that's why it's so hard for even black people to talk about mental health in general because for so many years it's just been hard so that's why now it's like everybody's trying to talk about it and trying to normalize it but it's a process you feel me so women mm-hmm. black women if we're just speaking about black women they need to be patient because it's, it's a process we're not just going to jump on our two feet and get on our knees and praise to you about how we're going what we're going 
through. Um, yeah, that's why I didn't want to talk about that because they quick to drag you through the mud. Who, women or black women? Black women. I'm not. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep, I'm keeping it hundred. Which black women is dragging who through the mud? <laughs> drag, drag you through the mud. Soon as you mess up on a little thing, like oh no, he's canceled. <laughs> I appreciate you for sharing honestly though I respect it okay so problematic <laughs> you ask about friends and then now you want to ask me about y'all <laughs> okay <laughs> so um was there ever any point during your time in college that you thought maybe I should seek out a therapist yeah I did mm-hmm. you did how was yeah. that experience they gave me a white woman and i was like what yo i said what do you know about me she was like um i'm gonna tell you exactly what she said um i'm just gonna teach you some techniques like breathing techniques the five techniques the 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 um pick five things you see five um four things you could smell three things that you can taste mindfulness i'm like thank you miss but that's not helping me out about how i'm feeling right now um do you are in medication medications do you uh that's all it was then i complained and then they switched me to a guy he was mad cool that was my boy and mm-hmm. then i says he's he pinpointed a lot of stuff before shit happened before things mm-hmm. happened before things happened and did you feel like that experience with him was helpful for you or was it just it wasn't I feel like it was a friend i think that's how it should be but i feel like it was a friend like i'm talking to a friend but i think my thing was i wanted assistance like i wanted to know what because there's a difference between a therapist and a um What's the other one? There's a difference between a therapist and a help me out. Psychiatrist, psychologist. I think I think it's a therapist and a psychologist. So it's, it's, I forgot what it was, but there's a difference. One is to listen and um, one is to help you out that give you steps. Um, hmm. You go to therapy, therapy. I don't, um, yeah, I think it was, I think a therapist. Therapist is not supposed to tell you, oh, what is, what is it called? Um, and counselor versus not a counselor. Oh, damn. Nah, wait, you know, this is going to bother me the whole time. Mentor? Like a life coach. Yes. Like somebody that does life coach. There's a difference between a life coach and a therapist. Like therapist is just there to listen to you. Um, They're not really there to give you the steps that you need to take. Like they just there to let you talk it out and for you to figure it out yourself. You need a life coach (laughs) to tell you so you can say how you feeling and, and, and so they can help you figure it out in terms of what some things that you could implement in your life to help you develop yourself mentally so you that's, feel like that's what that's what you needed at that time that's what i needed i needed a life coach not somebody to sit down and listen to me i needed a life coach mm. um, and we've we've always say oh find a therapist 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 no we need to find a life coach a life coach can help us figure out a lot a therapist is just going to listen to our trauma but you know what um i think that you know, just in my defense, because um, I think through that process, the goal with with most therapists, counselors, the goal is through that process of you sitting down, talking about how you're feeling, mm-hmm. you're supposed to, that's the goal, right? It doesn't always work out that way, but the goal is for you throughout that process is to become so empowered and realize so much about yourself that you have figured out what's best for you and how to navigate in life, right? But I mean, therapists, they provide techniques, they provide tools. So like, though, at least any good therapist, I feel like is not just sitting there every time, like just looking at you talk, but they're providing tools and techniques at the same time that you can implement and come back to therapy with. Some of my crystals that came in the mail. We're gonna gonna talk about that? Uh, I use crystals to meditate, to be sent to myself. People don't believe in it, but I think you give power 
to something when you believe in um so nothing will work if you don't give power to it if you don't give power to god but you're praying that ain't gonna work if you praying and you don't actually believe that ain't gonna work so it's whatever you power so i get power to god of course <laughs> that's first but i meditate with crystals um i give like affirmations to crystals to help me recenter myself for me to be calm and i had to buy me a new crystal i have to like sage it and clear um clean it because i don't know the person personally that was handling this mm-hmm. but this is a rainbow fluorite crystal and it helps out with centering yourself with a lot of stuff so i collect crystals i have one in my hand this one is for creativity nice i got eye on my neck so I, that's what i really enjoy picking up a bad habit though i need to stop buying it <laughs> oh you think you buying buying it too much yeah i buy too much pieces i have too much pieces you definitely got to get into your project okay because that's that's big that's big and um you know that's something that um stood out to me as i was you know doing my research on you um your mental health advocate yes ma'am um and um yeah first talking about that how you be you know you went from having your own experience with mental health to becoming a mental health advocate and then the project junior um yeah i just want to hear about all of it um how it came to fruition what was the inspiration and everything behind it all right so let's start with the other question you asked how did i revert from going through my own personal experience and then um getting into being a mental health advocate now after i experienced post-grad depression i was vocal i was vocal on my social media about it and i had so much support i never felt support like that ever a day in my life before i was like sheesh like dang i was like and i was feeling to off myself a couple months ago but i appreciate y'all and um everybody came to me and actually spoke about their own personal experience and was vocal with me about their own personal experience and that's what gave me the courage to be like okay cool now i want to um make a documentary and i made a documentary and with my friends a couple people i asked anybody that wanted to be in it that was willing to open up about how they was feeling i shot it right in my house right back there i set up and i shot it and i did on-screen recordings from like Skype calls and stuff like that. And it did so well. I was on Brooklyn News 12. I was on a Bronx Net News. I got invited to Princeton wow. and stuff like that. I spoke at different colleges. I so spoke at different summits. Um, I was part of so many different panelists. It was crazy. Like 2019, that one was for the books. I was like, yo. And then um, women, specifically Black women, was like, because after that, I used to start making like a lot of mental health short films surrounding black men specifically now i'm saying specifically black women was like oh you don't make any films for us i'm just like oh my gosh (laughs) i'm creating films of what i know i don't want to fake something like i'm a guy i'm making it about how i feel and it was like but you need to implement women i'm like Black women. I'm like, all right, cool, gotcha. So I did a couple of mental health pieces with black women. And then after, they were still telling me, it's not enough. I'm like, yo, beggars can't be choosers, but all right, cool. I'm dead. Let's do a hair documentary. Okay. And I did a weave and hair documentary, and all these girls came, they supported it. It was part of it. They loved it. I was like, okay. all right, cool, cool, cool. Now can I get back to my mental health stuff? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then I, um, this project I was working on since I graduated, actually, um, 2018, I had started, it was a thought. 
it was between two different ideas. And then post-grad depression happened. Then I did the documentary. Then I like switched my focus, but it was always a thought. Then 2019, at the end of 2019, I was like, yo, I'm gonna do this in 2020. I was like, I'm gonna do it in like June, 2020. COVID happened. I was like, damn. I was like, all right, let me plan to do it in October. COVID was still going on. I'm like, damn. So November came around. I did like a casting. I looked, I didn't do a casting. I looked for people that I wanted to be in the film. And um, I was like, yo, I'm shooting in April, 2021. Didn't happen. Like things was happening. I had to cancel it. Then I was like, all right, I'm gonna shoot in August, 2021. And that's final. Mm. <laughs> but I was like, I'm gonna do it the right way. I'm gonna do casting. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna find a team. I'm gonna do everything. Cause I was doing everything on my own. I think that's why it didn't work out. Then I finally found a cast. We went over, yo, 600 submissions. That's really beast. Like y'all gotta really think about 600 people. We had to go through 600 audition videos to see like their monologues and stuff like that. And then we had to do interviews on top of that. Mm. Um, that experience was crazy. Um, then after I wrote the script, I had wrote the script back in November time around there. And I was unsure. I actually fell into depression again and canceled it. I just didn't want to do it. I, like I just, mm-mm. I was like, yo, this this is this is too much. Like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna do this no more. I didn't want to do film no more. I came off of social media, I disappeared. And then while I disappeared, I was like, yo, I gotta do this. So now I came back and I'm over here asking for money. Everybody like, oh, you just came back and you yeah. over here to help you raise ten thousand dollars. You've been going for butts. But it's just like, nah, wait, chill. Like I had <laughs> a moment. I had to understand my gift and what I'm capable of doing. And I actually need y'all help this time because this film is 25K. I don't got 25K. <laughs> yeah. I need 10,000. So I've been raising money to help spread a mental health awareness um, about the film. It's amazing. I love to hear it. I love to see it. Yeah, make sure y'all go support that. I mean, all of all of He-Man's information will be you know, posted. So you guys follow him, um, you know, support. On everywhere. He-Man yeah. Armstrong, Twitter, He-Man Armstrong. Instagram, Heyman Armstrong, Facebook. <laughs> Just Absolutely. Heyman Armstrong, Google. <laughs> <laughs> right. Period. Google him. Um and yeah, I think so. How did you how did you go about like that process? How'd you go about picking the people for like the set roles? Like was it yeah, how'd you go about that? Okay, I'll speak about the main character. Mm -hmm. Um, his name is Junior. I wanted him to speak proper like a mo, mo f like I, I have a cursing power i curse like a sailor i'm trying my heart <laughs> but i um um i wanted him to speak so proper but be from brooklyn and the reason okay. being when people back in the early 2000s for me when i used to i never used to speak as proper but i used to have a loving demeanor i was judged so it's a the whole film is like a reflection of my own personal life so i wanted him to be proper because a lot of people from the hood especially in brooklyn would judge you if you speak proper which is so backwards but they'll be like oh he not from here one interview i was interviewing a guy yo he turned to me he was like yeah you're not from brooklyn i'm like because i'm speaking this way like right can't be from you're not from best star i said nah i'm from crown heights he's like yeah yeah I could tell. You mean like you, what you mean you could tell? Like, yeah, it was weird. Like people was just being weird. So I was like, and this is exactly why I want the character to be this way. So the character, when we finally selected him, he was so nervous because of the dialogue. He seen the script. He was like, Oh, I don't know if I could pull this off as a lead. I don't know how to be a gangster. I'm like, boy, you don't gotta be no gangster. This is not a gangster role. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, 
that's how the how I went around the selection. I went around the selections of certain characters or actually certain people in my life, um, certain people from my high school that I was cool with. Like they'll notice themselves if they really, really pay attention. Mm, okay. Um, and yeah, certain characters there was no they will notice themselves, but you can't really t- say their names or close to their names because then they're gonna run and want to check when everything drops. So, <laughs> so some okay. characters will notice themselves, like, oh shoot, we used to be cool and this is exactly what happened i'm like yeah this is a guy because it's part of my own life experience but instead of a filmmaker he's a painter dope very dope i love that and i know like when i was watching your igtv and you were talking about you have mentioned like this spiritual aspect of like you know growing up religious um did you was that your experience as well oh my mom didn't grow me up religious but my grandmother was very religious and everybody around us were religious um so they used to um always talk about church stuff and i'm just like damn church church. so i knew a lot of people that also went through that experience which was actually worse than mine of growing up and their father is a pastor and their mother is a sister in a church is and it was hard for them to express themselves but personally like i've dealt with that but not to that extreme so the storyline you got to amp it up a little bit and it's not completely me um it's still my imagination and my thoughts process so Mm -hmm. you'll see it the opening scene fire did we film it yet no but (laughs) when we do film it fire i'm here i'm here for it okay like you have my full support um you know i already done started sharing sharing your stuff and i know i already see my my peoples i shared it my peoples were sharing it because we don't it's not it's not so common that we see that right like in our backyard like yo like a black filmmaker that's making a film about mental health. The only other person that I know who has done something like that is a celebrity. Um, and that's Kofi Cerebo. Yeah. Um, he yeah. did like a short. The girl that was in his his video about it, um, she was in my mental health documentary, actually. Wow. Look at that. You feel me? That, that's, yeah. that's fire. Like when I saw it, I was over here like, that's fire. Like it, it's like, I love to see it. Um, and so, yeah, you have my full support. You know, that's why I wanted you to come on here and share. Um, yeah, I love to see it. And you have my full support. Thank you again so much for. Thank you for having me. And one more thing. Don't forget, guys. Donate, donate, donate. We at 28 days left. We are, I think, 17% in three days. Mm, that's not bad. Right to the goal. To the goal. Mm. It's not bad in three days. So you know, today Friday payday. So <laughs> help your boy out. It's gonna be masterpiece. I'm gonna be doing heavy promotions now. I had to take two days to my mental health. Honestly mm-hmm. speaking, if I'm being honest, like everything was such a strain. I was like, yo, I need two days to just recollect myself. So I just went outside and before I did this podcast, I did a TikTok because <laughs> I'm gonna be Period. posting for promotional purposes. You know, TikTok is lit right now. That's the um the hot spot. Like, yeah, for promotion, definitely. Yes, man. And yeah, I was I was trying to think if there's anything else. I feel like there's so much. You know, I love episodes like this, so I'm always like, we could keep it going. But I feel like we 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 covered a lot. So we covered we covered a, a good amount mm-hmm. of how I've been feeling, what I do. We covered my crystals. Yes. Oh. When, did you, when did you get into crystals? When this did you? honestly i had started buying certain things last year and then recently i started buying like because i thought like crystals was a cool jewelry 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 thing jewelry you know what i'm trying to say jewelry yes 
Yeah, I think it was a, a cold, calm jewelry thing. And then, like, um, I started to, like, buy cr- actual crystals to be in the house. Mm-hmm. And I love them. Like I, yeah. love, like, I don't know what it is. Like, just seeing the colors being around it. I slept with them next to my bedhead yesterday because I wanted to manifest that tent that. <laughs> <laughs> heavy so, on that heavy so yeah mm-hmm. um that's when i got into crystals and stuff crystals mm-hmm. not for everybody though um take your own time to get into mm-hmm. that just don't buy it learn about them yes connect with them because people think it's a cool thing to get now i'm like all right play with that spiritual world that joint is dangerous as it is good absolutely you have to yeah i i concur I think like always do your research and make sure before you get into something, you know, you know about it thoroughly, thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I guess something that we didn't um, talk about, but I think came up for me is like, as far as, cause I know when you mentioned when you were in school, like drinking, partying, smoking, like that was something that was, you would do, right? Um, do you currently still drink and smoke and stuff like that and do you feel like I know at the time you said you didn't feel like um you know the weed necessarily had anything to do with you know how you was feeling um how do you feel about that now and do you um still party like that's a great 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 question mm-hmm. um yeah that's a great question because when after I felt sick, I had stopped smoking. Then I started back smoking again. And then I stopped completely for like four years. And then, you know, when I smoked, I smoked when I went to LA that one time because I was in LA who don't want to try Cali weed. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't when I went to go film the Ellen show back in 2019. Yeah, I was, I was on the Ellen show. You better talk about your accolades on here and stop being humble. <laughs> <laughs> So that was back in 2019, and that's when I did smoke. I'm not gonna lie. And then, um, then I smoked again this year. Mm-hmm. I smoked when I went to PR. I was in PR, but I didn't like get high the whole time. I just smoked like once. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't smoke anymore. If, if that's the that's the real question, I don't really smoke. Drink, I do drink, but I only drink to celebrate. Like yesterday, I went to go buy me a drink at Buffalo Wild Wings. Some calm stuff. Mm-hmm. I did a I launched my um my film campaign and I was just like let me go celebrate by myself just went to go get a drink that's so, it boom just so I'm calm I don't drink to get drunk that's the difference yeah I don't drink to get drunk anymore I think I don't want to feel drunk yeah because I think too like though like because I know you mentioned at that time which I feel like what I feel like is people know themselves more than other people right so I think you know your body you know how certain substances affect you affect your mental health. So, you know, if, if, if you have this thing, how it's going to affect you or how it, it won't. But I think like for people who, you know, may not have like knowledge to know like, okay, like, yeah, these substances do affect, they can affect like you chemically. It's a chemical and your brain has chemicals in it that react to certain things, right? So I think like, um, you know, just when you have mentioned that too, I feel like there are some cases where people, alcohol or marijuana exacerbated feelings of mental health that they were experiencing. But for some people, you know, it don't. So I think like, you know, just something um, that I, I just wanted to say too, for people to be conscious of, you know, the amount, you know, and to know, like be up on, okay, what it is that you are smoking. Because there are people who's, we get laced they do not gain it it's not pure and stuff like that so i think for people to just know that um you know you got to be conscious of yourself you got to know yourself you got to be self-aware and so i think you know not overdoing it like he man said now you don't drink to get drunk you drink to celebrate um you know drinking socially of course recreationally is not bad but don't smoke at all 
though good off that. No, 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 nothing to anybody that smoke because a boy like right, you, right, right. How a smoke girl, minimum five blunts a day in my junior year. And, and, nah, I'm not gonna cat or in my sophomore year. Oh, my sophomore year was crazy, but yeah, I was wild. So I'm not judging anybody that do smoke for I, sure. For Don't sure. Me. This is this is no judgment. No judgment. It's more so, if anything, because I like to make sure we do, you know, speak educationally. We give people knowledge. Um, right. You know, everybody has the freedom to make whatever choices that they want, but just making sure like you're being wise and you know exactly what you're doing. Um, and so, yeah, because I mean, now, you know, marijuana is legal um, in a lot of places now. Um, there are also health benefits of THC and CBD. Um, I am a CBD advocate and consumer. When I get too, you know, when I start to feel too anxious or I feel like I got to chill out, I do take CBD oil. I'm not like, you know, a person that's like, you can't do that, you know? So it's just a thing of just, just know what you're doing. Like before I started taking CBD, I did a lot of research on it. I'm like, what's the difference between CBD and THC? Like, you know, you just want to know like what, you know? So I think, yeah. That's that's so we is just extracted THC. Right, right. Okay. So yeah. it comes from the same plant, same thing. Um, they just got different forms of it now. They got the gummies, they got the weed um that you could crush up and smoke, or they got the oil, you know. So it's you know, yeah. So um, yeah, thank you so much. So in terms of partying, like you asked me earlier. Yeah. In terms of partying, um, I don't party at all. I don't even go to brunch. I don't go to brunch. Ah, that's... you lost me. You lost me right there. <laughs> I don't do nothing. Reason being, I just, I think, I just want to focus right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I was in college, I did college. I did college right. So okay. now it's time to sit my butt down, and get what I gotta get done. I respect it, and I appreciate you so, so much for sharing so openly and transparently. And yeah, man, yeah. Make sure you tell the people where they could follow you one more time, so people don't forget it. You could follow me on Eman Armstrong. I'm global, not. <laughs> global <laughs> and i'm sorry like, period you can find me anywhere he meant armstrong just type it in if you need help ask siri ask alexa <laughs> and your mental matters podcast y'all we are out out of here thanks for joining us this week on your mental matters podcast make sure to check on your strong friend this week and visit our website at your mental matters podcast.lipson.com where you can subscribe to the show on itunes and spotify or via the RSS feed, so you'll never miss a show. Also, if you found value in this week's show, give us a rating on iTunes or tell a friend about us. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.